0: it's
1: nice to have my mic
0: like (laughs) ready if i want to say something
1: yeah for sure and for the baby
0: right if she wants to say something yeah (laughs) by all means
2: yeah she says amazing things mostly crying though
0: mostly crying she's only two months (laughs) old so is it
2: Welcome to You Are The Host, the podcast where you are the host, and by you, I mean Morgan. Morgan, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. It's a a beautiful day here, and and I'm excited to get started.
2: That's very good. Me too. Um, We had a funny conversation before this podcast about, I don't know if you ever get this, but about your name, because (laughs) because it's Morgan (laughs) Boatman. I don't know if you ever get anything about your name, but...
1: I've been around for uh, a little while, and I've got all different kinds of things about my name, yeah. It depends on what generation, um, you know, uh, what what the pre-reference seems to be, but I've got Morgan Fairchild, and uh, my nickname on set is Das Boat. Oh. So, <laughs> das Boat.
2: That's yeah, a that's good a one, actually. I like that. <laughs> right? Yeah. So... Um... Yeah, no, because uh, Emily has a friend named Larry Lake, and uh, oh I my always, gosh. <laughs> I always say that he has a fake name, and no, I've never met the person. guy. He's a real person. I've never met the guy, so I thought, and and what does he do? Works on a marina or something like uh, that.
0: He does something with boats. I know
2: that. Yeah, so it doesn't seem no. real. It Doesn't seem real. Yeah, but I figured if we can uh, get Larry Lake on the podcast and you, that'd be an ultimate episode. <laughs> 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 I'd like to thank yeah. Sawyer Products for sponsoring this episode. Sawyer is very well known for their water filters, which I personally use and personally love. They are also known for their picaridin, which you can spray on yourself, on your clothing, on your gear to repel bugs and ticks. Um, I also use that in the woods. They also have a line of permethrin, which you would coat your gear in, and it um, repels ticks. Um, the difference is you coat that before you like twenty four hours before you use your gear. Um, Filter, their filters are very very good and uh i can contest this i've drank in muddy shit water the sawyer filter and i did not get sick so thanks sawyer for sponsoring this episode if you guys would like to find out more go in the description click the link yeah i didn't mean for the entire beginning of this to be about your name but i just thought it was hilarious and then you have a super close name to our cat so <laughs> oh
0: yeah <laughs> our cat's name is morgan perman
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god! one syllable is. off. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I thought that yeah. was
2: quite quite entertaining when I found that out. I was like, I can't. When you scheduled, since I didn't even know you looked at the message, and then I realized what your name was from the calendar thing, and I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> is this a hoax? Or, uh, yeah, exactly. A yeah. Exactly. We were like. Morgan, the cat is just going to be on the other side of the call. Like, <laughs> I oh, for
0: pranking us! <laughs>
1: if I'd only known, I would have had a cat picture ready for you. That would have been great.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, Morgan, uh, what did you have for us today to kick us off in terms of uh, topics?
1: Well, let let's start with uh, an inter- a, a hypothetical a scenario that what if you woke up every morning and you were lost in the forest what would be and this leads somewhere so but what would be your the things that you would need to do to get unlost let's let's just guess or let's just suppose that you have food and you have shelter or, you know you're not you're not in in danger but you want to get back home and there's there's a, a couple things that you would like just logically have to do to find your way out of the forest
2: find our way out of a forest yeah, hope I never find myself in this situation. <laughs> As a person who hikes regularly, I hope I don't get lost in the forest.
1: Well, that, that's why I thought of it. It's because this, this idea that I have, um, this, this, this enterprise that I've designed is based on <clears throat> getting unlost. Like, uh, oh. in this case, in a forest, in our example here. But it can apply to anything. Because there's just three steps to getting yourself um, to to empowering yourself to get out of uh, to 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 achieve something. So what would you what would you what do you have to do first?
2: Oh, li- listen, I'm gonna answer it, but not the way you want me to. That's all right. See, what I would do is I would buy one of those uh, Garmin SOS things, and then I would just push the big button on there.
1: <laughs> that's that's exactly what we're trying to avoid. I have a, a question. A,
0: yeah. Uh so we're lost in the woods, do we have a compass?
1: Yeah, you can have a compass.
0: Okay. And, um,
1: and a map, uh, I assume. You can have a map too.
0: Okay. Um I would see which direction the sun rose so then I could yeah. orient myself and know like figure out which direction I came from and probably head back the way i came unless someone was chasing me then i'd go the other no, way
1: no 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 nothing nothing spooky <laughs> like that <laughs> I know. that that Emily, right? Yeah. Emily, that is exactly the first thing you have to do. When you wake up, you have to decide on a direction. And that if you think about it for any solving any problem, the first thing you have to do is decide on a direction. Whether it's mm-hmm. right or wrong, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So that's perfect. You find a direction and you you commit to it.
0: So I answered correctly. Am I going to get out of the well, woods alive?
1: I think that
2: just he's <laughs> you're saying just just go in a way.
1: <laughs> just choose a direction and go. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yes. Okay, but okay. see,
1: that's the opposite of what you said, Taylor. You said I'm going to let something else tell me the
2: direction to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's.
1: That's that's that, a distinction.
2: That's because I can't even find my way around one town with two streets.
1: <laughs> well, that that's a separate issue. But this will actually help you. Perfect. That, this will actually help you. So so what's the next step?
2: Emily, you're doing so well.
0: Um okay, so I'd figure out yeah, I'd figure out which direction I'm headed and then uh, I guess I don't know. I'd probably like I'd probably plan out my day and like see um, if I have like if it's if I know it's wintertime, for instance, like I'm only going to have nine hours of daylight. So I'm like, OK, well, I have to ration my time properly so that I can get as far as I can without having to like recoup myself and like rest uh, fuel and then start again. That's what I would do.
2: I was going to say find landmarks, but...
0: Oh, I guess, yeah. So then you can... Like, that's like, what I was going to say. Keep track of where but... <laughs> you're going too, yeah.
1: Well, let's think about both those answers. I think the landmarks one is part of finding your direction. So that's...
2: Mm, yeah. yeah, I suppose so. That's
1: a good thing. And uh, But think about what Emily said. Is She said basically she needs to um, round up her resources and her skills and figure out how best to apply herself to an action and that's exactly the second step is to move in that direction and that includes uh, you know knowing how far you can go with you mentioned daylight right how much know.
0: time do I have and how much energy do I have
1: exactly and so the next step is to move in that direction and and as as close as those seem those are actually very distinctive Those are two different steps, because a lot of people have uh, ideas about, oh, well, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I want to make a movie or I want to paint a painting. But do they move toward that? That's the question. And that's what you just figured out, is that you, uh, you, let's say, assess your skills and resources and you make a plan to move toward that and you move toward it. Now, there's one other step that will get you to uh, get you out of the forest.. I just keep moving. Oh my God, you're a natural. That's exactly <laughs> right. Resilient. Now you just have to implement
2: all these in your real life.:
0: Um Well, I have a baby, so <laughs> I can't actually do all of that.
1: But, I'm know, a little uh,
0: preoccupied with other things.
1: <laughs> but the point is that you are naturally doing that with the baby. That's true. Yes, that's body. true.
0: That's true. And you're, I do it without realizing I'm doing it. Yes. Like,
1: but at the same it, time, you're very good at, at verbalizing it. So resilience is the, the last and final step. If you If you stumble in the forest, you don't just sit there and go, oh, now all is lost. You get up and you keep on going.
0: I mean, I might sulk for a minute, like if that's I stub okay. my toe really hard, which I've that's done. True. I've done it so bad that like I break half my toenail off. I've done it several times because <laughs> I'm just when a klutz, and I will sit back, there your
1: and sulk. Black and it falls <laughs> off. Yeah, I know that's part of resilience, though, isn't it? That you, 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 you have to be responsive to your to your body. Like if you went as far as breaking a. Breaking your leg, you'd have to respond to that. Yes, I'm not saying yeah. to keep going uh, to your detriment, but you have to keep going. So those are the three steps, and that's what I call the three hungers. Those are the three things you have to do in life to 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 get what you want out of life. And Emily knew it naturally. Taylor not so much, but that's okay.
2: Well, see. I think
0: he was taking it's... it more like literally. Yeah, yeah. I was like, in say, the woods.
2: It, I knew it was a metaphor, but I was taking it 100% <laughs> literally. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> well, in, in the woods, I wouldn't fuck around with trying to figure out where to go. I would just hit the SOS button if I was that lost. I've never been that lost, and I don't even actually own one of those things. So
1: <laughs> this came to me when I was actually that lost, and I didn't have oh, really uh,
2: oh.
1: uh, GPS or anything else, and I and I broke it down in my mind what I need what I need to do, and now I've uh, I, I realized that it applies to everything in life, mm-hmm. and uh, in sort of cooperation with a lot of other experiences that I've had, uh, training in martial arts, and teaching in martial arts, and the go Ruck experience, and just life in general, parenting also, I figured out a game to teach people how that that three-step process uh, uh, can solve problems uh, and can teach you about your, your little town with two roads. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I think that Emily can contest, and she's not going to be on the mic right now. I turned it down. But she can contest just the other day we had this kind of question that, I actually am very, very much the type of person who will pick a direction to go with my life with something I'm doing and wholeheartedly go that direction. We actually just talked about it on the last episode. So I think when we're talking in metaphors, I would answer those questions a little differently. I like the exercise. I definitely do. But um, have you turned this idea into a business? You said you made it into a game. Is that like a literal game or you just do mind games with people?
1: No, it's an actual game. (laughs) And it's called Missions in Madness. Oh, is that backwards to you? That's weird.
2: Was it? No, I think it popped up normal.
1: No. That, yeah, oh, okay. It was backwards was to me. It's a oh, selfie can you turn game me back me up? Yep, you're up.
0: Oh, okay. Um, That's the actual game? like.
2: Yeah. Look yep. at, <laughs> Urban Operations. Look at that. That's cool. And so... Oh. <clears throat> that is popping up normal, by the way.
1: So, <clears throat> oh, good. Yeah. So... There's all the procedures to go through. For instance, wherever you live, you fill out what I call objectives in the area of operations. And a lot of this uh, terminology I got from my uh, experiences in the GoRuck Challenge, which is a 12- or more hour uh Adventure that uh, that's taught by uh, Green Beret or uh, Special Forces Cadre in towns all across the world. And you sign up, you uh, you've got your 30 pound pack and they just start telling you what to do. Hmm. So it's it's not fun and it's not for everybody. But Missions and Madness is because it takes all the torture out and it's just (laughs) the fun, uh, the fun part.
2: Well, I kind of like torture, so maybe I'd be into that. But
1: uh, That's available to you. Go to goruck.com. Goruck.com.
2: Uh, so uh, explain exactly how the game works, 100%. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The
1: game works by doing this. The night before, you figure out – oh, it's overexposed. But uh, you figure out up to 20 different objectives around your town. So in my town – It has a nice old town downtown. So we figured out a lot of uh, neat objectives like Heritage Square. There's a place in the middle of town. Um, There's some public art like uh, uh, by the railroad tracks. And there's uh, the old theater, Theatricos. And there's a a locomotive uh, that is on display. Excuse me. So you pick up to 20 of those. And then you get your team, a bunch of friends together, and uh, you roll dice to find out where you're going to go. And uh, then you decide how long it's going to take. Oh, let's see. It'll take 10 minutes. Okay, good. And we have a route. Oh, it's gonna, We're going to go down Main Street, and then we're going to turn on 2nd, and then we're going to turn on on Aspen. Then, because life is not always... Uh, Or it's never as organized as we'd like it to be. You run from, you roll for a multiplier, and the multiplier are things like uh, one member lunges all the way there. (laughs) So that's like this. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Now, now this this rotates between members. Uh, It's not just one person doing that, but it slows you down. If you don't reach your objective in a certain amount of time, the certain amount of time that you have declared, then you have burpees to do. Ah. Uh. <clears throat> but you don't have to do burpees if you answer some uh, situational awareness pro- uh, questions correctly. So at the, at the first point, at the start point, you look around and everybody in the team looks around and the leader and the team, the assistant team leader, they devise questions about things that are in the the environment. They ask you those questions once you reach your second objective. If you're right, then you can shave off some burpees. If you're wrong, you might have to do more.
2: Mm, Okay.
1: So now you see that it applies what we were talking about in the beginning. First, you determine a direction. Then you figure out how you're going to get there and then with resilience and cooperative teamwork, you get there without giving up. Um, and so that it's an opportunity to train these skills into your daily life. So if you go and let's say you go to the gym and you do a lot of push-up or you do a lot of like you're you're pumping iron, that's like let's say that's. That's only a component of fitness, right? That's like learning the alphabet. You're not going to be a novelist if you only know the alphabet. But if you do missions in madness, it's like learning the language of fitness. So you become uh, functionally fit. We have some push-ups. We have some – the madness part, which is you have to do – uh, you know, pack lists. You might have to carry somebody. One of your teammates there. You might have to uh, carry your other per- your your other team teammates' packs. And some may be heavier. Some may be lighter. You may have to escort one of your teammates who's blindfolded. There's some great videos on the site about uh, showing some of this this stuff. It's really funny. And and what it does is it brings team disparate team members together so there was a great game uh, a few months ago we played this summer um, with a bunch of corporate types and they were all, I mean they weren't really corporate types they were entrepreneurs so they were all very independent thinking and they were all um, uh, you know go-getters and stuff but they all diverged when we when they had the first objective they all spread out and they all thought oh well I'm going to beat everybody there, I'm going to win. But the whole idea of Missions and Madness is that it's cooperative. That if there's any competition, the structure of the game sort of negates that competition, c- competitive vibe and, and brings people together. So by the end of that game, they were actually carrying somebody all together because it took all of them, carrying them across town back to... The beginning, and uh, and by doing that, they realized well there are some things that you have to have help with, and that's another big lesson in 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 life, isn't it? That I can't do it all by myself. I have to, I have to get friends. I have to get sometimes you have to get strangers. In this case, they didn't know each other, but the game brought them together.
2: I will have to say that. And just to humor humor you, I, yeah. I would throw out the idea of, of getting that game and then getting my family together and playing it <laughs> oh, because no. we would find a way to make it a competition oh, and maybe. potentially ruin it. <laughs> but we would find no, a way to no do way. it because that's if our family. If you follow
1: the rules, there's no way to compete. <clears throat> that's I, the, I mean, that's the part. Uh, are you saying there's
2: no, no way the to part. do it or are you saying we wouldn't complete it? Oh,
1: no, you you'd complete it. You would. You would be able to play the game, but the game craftily.
2: Yeah. Okay. I think we would find it. a way where we would break it.
1: Oh, let's do it!
2: I think we should try to do that. Um. So, you're, are you selling these on a mass scale? Like, is there a place oh, people can buy right this?
1: To. I'm this close.
2: Oh, okay. I have, to
1: finish, I have to, If you're, if I have to finish some illustrations and some writing in this book. Okay. That goes along with it, and uh, and then we'll be ready. So hopefully, first quarter next year. Oh, so close though.
2: And so you said that you had this idea while you were on a on a hike and got lost. Is that is that what created the idea for the game, or how did you decide I'm going to make a game because a game is the best thing that fits us instead of like the option that most people go, which is let me write a book, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, it, it has more to do with the Go Ruck Challenge and, and the amazing value that the Go Rock Challenge has really for everybody. But the problem is that everybody doesn't want to do it and not everybody can. There is a level of fitness that you, you have to reach before you're able to do a Go ruck Challenge. It's physical, mental and I'd say emotional because every every challenge that i've done there's been people who have what we call voluntarily withdrawn they mm-hmm. said i this is i don't want to do this anymore but what the, the, the things that the good qualities that um, the gorilla challenge reveals about yourself as you're going through it if it's a well run one sometimes it's not You know, sort of. uh, There, there are various uh, experiences, as there is with everything. But the ones that I've uh, participated in, it it strips down all the BS from you, and um, it reveals your your deep potential. And um, and it really highlights the necessity of working together and i think that cooperation and collaboration is really the key to uh to solving some of these social problems and political problems that we're experiencing uh, in this and environmental problems for that matter in this in this age so the the competitive nature or not nature i think the competitive drive is what is is at the heart of pretty much any destructive uh, behavior that sure you can win a game but you're not going to build a society by being competitive you're going to build a society only by being cooperative and there aren't that many opportunities to learn cooperation in in missions and madness it gives participants an opportunity. And I've seen it over and over again. They'll come in thinking, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna win this game. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bend everyone's will to my will. And it just doesn't it just doesn't work. As long as you follow the rules, every competitive person that's walked uh, who's shown up for missions and madness has instead walked away with a a new realization of, oh, I didn't win this, but we won it. We all came together, and we we only succeeded because we all came together.
2: Well, I totally agree that we need more collaboration because it would help with a lot of things, especially small things like uh, basic relationship functions because you should not be competitive in a relationship. It's one of the worst things you can do, no matter if it's romantic or just... uh, friendship but uh but are you saying that no competitive that being competitive is bad just all together because let me be joe rogan for two minutes and say (laughs) i believe that competitive nature can be good because it does drive innovation and other things collaboration will help actually produce the thing you innovate but if you're not competitive you won't have an idea that somebody else doesn't have if you're not trying to compete with them in the whatever realm you're in
1: I agree partially to that, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna parse it semantically. That competition um, is by its nature destructive, and it is by its nature creates uh, mental anguish in the winner. So, if you're trying to solve a problem if it's if it's just you by yourself say you're Tom Hanks on that island you are going to need to you're gonna you're gonna have the drive to survive right you're gonna you know quote unquote compete with the environment and um uh similarly in a capitalistic uh social economic structure you're gonna want to come up with better ideas so that people will buy your better idea, right? That's, that's part of surviving uh, a situation like this. But that's partly because we only have that model. We've only been offered that model for um, uh, for problem solving. And the cognitive dissonance that's created Uh, in a situation like that is far more destructive than the benefits of competition. So when you win something, what happens? Somebody else loses, right? And you, unless you're a, you know, borderline sociopath, you should feel bad about that, uh, that person losing, right?
2: Well, yeah, I'll let you finish. So, I'll let you finish. But,
1: so, but what that does is it creates... I'm only good because I beat this other person. So I'm my, my value is tied with other people being not as good. And, and that's a fact. Every time you win, that happens. When you win a chess game, when you win Monopoly, when you win you know, uh, when your product sells more than your competitors. That happens inside your brain, and that's destructive. I know I I recognize that. uh, Instead of calling it a competitive urge, let's call it an excellence urge, an urge towards excellence. That is what drives um, innovation. Not competition. Competition only drives. Um, it, 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 it's a psychological need uh, derived from, uh, you know, from not a not a healthy place. So if you Hold on. the urge towards excellence is outstanding, and that is yeah. also exercised in missions and madness.
0: So if you were to speak to someone that said they are naturally a competitive person, what advice would you have for them?
1: First I would I would say, well, do you need to beat somebody or do you just need to be excellent? Because in this on this stage with this framework, the one of the only ways to show excellence is to beat somebody. And I don't think that's I don't think that's healthy. Excellence exists outside of competition, and I think the drive toward excellence can get a little confused with the quote-unquote uh, competitive nature that people get from, you know, needing to be excellent and needing to be, uh, needing that energy, that social energy and that family energy and that... Um, that that position, that social position. So
0: that excellence is more, would be more like when you're competing, so to say, with yourself to just be better than what you know has been done before.
1: Well, think about a... That's the way
0: I'm looking at this anyway. That's what I'm gathering. And
1: I think you're right. But let's think about the the creation of art, uh, which is you could you could say is outside of the competitive realm right we're not we're not soccer players we're artists so i'm making a pot or i'm making an arrowhead or i'm making a or i'm painting a painting mm-hmm. i have that internal drive to make to make it exactly how i want it and to make it better than my last one and to have people say wow that's really awesome and to make it functional in the in the The example of a pot or an arrowhead, it actually has a function, has to work uh, at a certain level. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a drive toward excellence. But when you look over your shoulder and you see your compatriot also making an arrowhead um, and going, oh, mine's going to be better than that. That doesn't serve any purpose other than some kind of ego fulfillment, uh, which, I guess it does serve a purpose, but it's not it's right. Not like a the final purpose.
0: product will still serve serve a purpose, but if you're doing it just to be better than someone, like you're not doing yourself any justice.
1: And in fact, I would argue that you're actually doing yourself a psychological injustice. That you're creating a, a damaging cognitive dissonance inside your uh, your your consciousness, so that. Because every time you go, Oh well my arrowhead's better, that leaves your friend in the dust. And that's 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 not healthy. Let's take a more cooperative position on that. Say, Oh, I can look over at my friend and say, instead of saying, Oh, I have a better technique, I can say, Listen, friend, there maybe there's a way that we can work on this together. Maybe we can share ideas. And both have excellent arrowheads at the end of the day, instead of one good one and one less skilled one.
2: I agree in in the terms of art. As somebody who makes different forms of art, I would 100% agree with that. Like, I'm in a band, and I wouldn't be like, my band's better than yours. Oh, right? Totally. Every band is
1: completely different, yeah.
2: Exactly. But um, there are situations, and i got to go back to what we were saying earlier, because I have two responses. When you said that all competition comes from you winning and feeling better, and the losers, you know, I don't remember exactly how you worded it, but no. I would say take into context like a uh, sport like football, American football. The, there's a winning and a losing team, but they're all, they all shake hands at the end and say, We were playing a game and we had fun. That is legitimately what happens. Sure, there's a big competition around it, and they, you know, whatever, win the Super Bowl, but. You always see the team shake hands and hold their heads up high after they lose or win. So I feel like there's an honor in that type of competition. And then the second part that I would have to say is that it's good to think of what you're saying about competition coming from a weird social whatever. I guess might be true, but how do you explain competing with nature? Because it's literally ingrained in nature. You're not when you compete with a bear, I think you're going to fight the bear to save your own life and you're going to want to win. Like, you know, because it's yeah. nature. That's how it works.
1: <laughs> yes. And that is very concretely the origin of competition. So two bucks come together and they, you know, who's its dominance and submissiveness and it's 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 a it's a the competition within and against nature is a very sexualized uh, and sexual origins where, you know, the males are fighting each other, the females are, you know, positioning themselves to get the best male and there's competition for resources, uh, animals will kill or scare off other animals for food and, and we do all that. Yes. And I recognize and it should be recognized that sports is an expression of that, a a sort of codified social expression of that. And I'm not objecting to that. I'm just saying that that's the only example we have of excellence. And there are other ways. People don't go, you know, your elementary school kids don't go to cooperative games. They go to competitive games and they bring that Ideology And that sense of, well, in order for me to feel good about myself, I have to beat other people. I have to be better than my friend who just happens to be on another side. And I have to create conflict and I have to be in adversarial relationships and I have to eventually fight wars. And the, the, the strange thing is that all these um, situations are just all these all these abstract and, and false situations, constructs are just to feel excellent. They're just ways of making us find some way of feeling excellent of feeling like you have value. It's not necessary to have adversarial, You know, there's plenty of excellence to go around. I don't have to feel excellent by putting you down. Whether I'm playing football or whether I'm dropping bombs on your country. I can feel excellent without that adversarial and and competitive urge. The way to do that is to work toward a goal that's greater than our individual um, direction or, or, or goals. And so I'm just saying, yes, we have a lot of work to do, and, and football games are fun. But there needs to be another model for mm. life and for, as you pointed out early on, for relationships. If if the only tool you have in your toolbox is a hammer competition, and you've been taught that through your whole childhood, through your, your what's a... If you get a, a regular job, you're competing against other applicants. If you, you know, stand, the competition is everywhere. If, if you've only been taught that paradigm, then what do you have to offer to your romantic relationship or your friend, you, you know, your friends or your as a parent?
0: or your Yeah, gonna, I was going to say or your child.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're going to be implicitly competing with that person or that nature. It's not necessary to compete against nature all the freaking time, but we see that, you know, oh, oh, there's some coal in, the, in that mountain. Let's go dig the hell out of it so we can get that coal. Maybe there's some other way to do it. So, the answer. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I agree with a good majority of what you were saying there. I think we should start, I, I don't want to say treating, because we wouldn't do it, because that would just ruin the whole idea, but I think we should put art on the same level as we do sports, at least in America. I don't know how other, other countries, no, yeah, even Europe, they're just obsessed with the other type of football. <laughs> So I think we need to idolize artists the same way I don't know idolize is a bad word that's what I'm saying we wouldn't do it the same way but I think it would teach collaboration the way you're talking about if they actually if kids were brought up being shown a different way to do it like you're saying yeah,
1: definitely That it's a step in the right direction because um, it, it's a question of quality of life right If if you're taught only competition you're always thinking about well I'm going to I'm going to work toward this goal, and I'm going to beat those people, and then I'll I'll be happy. But art is more step-by-step. I'm happy here, I'm happy here, I'm happy to work with you, and I'm happy to see the art of my friends and of me, and I'm here to make the world a, a more enjoyable place. Like when you go to a concert, and you're playing or you're listening, you're, you're enjoying every moment, every song, every note, and you make it all the way through the concert and go, wow, that was a great experience. But when you're watching football, you're, you're just waiting and waiting and waiting until that final score. And you're like, uh, oh, now. Yes, uh, of course, there's ups and downs and there's exciting moments. But you haven't experienced the whole thing until you have that climax at the end. Where music or art, when you're walking through the gallery, or when you're just walking through the forest and enjoying nature, it's it's swimming in the pool of enjoying your life. And that is a cooperation, a cooperative relationship with time and the environment and others, with the musicians. Um or with the the long dead painter that you're that you're enjoying that that painting from 500 years ago
2: i will say art and and hiking as one of the examples you gave they do suffer from competition too but i think it, it obviously makes it worse and i don't like like musical artists for instance i there's musical artists i listen to that i love and then i hear them talk about how much better their band is than like another band that they know of that's similar in the genre and until they and i I could even like them like their sound but until they you can tell when they finally grow out of that and they start just caring about their own music because it sounds different and then the same thing happens in hiking like Somebody will hike a, one of the long trails in America, one of the long trails, and then next thing you know, oh, there's yeah. three people competing to do it the fastest. Uh, and I think All it right. takes away from the actual experience of let's be in the woods and let's be in our own minds.
1: <laughs> well, you can turn anything into a competition. That's true. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and that's exactly what one would hope to work toward an alternative to that because that that doesn't have anything to do with art or hiking that has to do with what's going on in here and in here mm-hmm. that I need to you know compare myself to someone else instead of just feeling the excellence of I mean, you don't have to walk you know you don't have to summit 12 14ers to be a good person yeah. you need to be a good person to be a good person and that's and, that's the difference between between collaborative or cooperative versus competitive.
2: Yeah, and like Emily said, doesn't have to be another person. You could be competing against yourself and it's still unhealthy.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, well, that, that makes you worse, enough right? To because you're yourself. like, I can only be good if I'm better than myself? Now, where does that... That's like a horrible black hole of, of unfillable need, right?
2: Well, that's what I... Yeah, that's my thing.
0: Right, because you'll never be... <laughs> Better than yourself. But you will. Now that you're better than yourself, you've set a new high standard for yourself. So if you're always chasing after being better than yourself, I mean, I guess it's something to say about like self motivation. Like you're just going to keep going. going. You're just going to keep like trying to improve your skills, whether it be like in art or in in whatever, uh, motherhood, you know, (laughs) it could be (laughs) anything. Well, there is
1: progress. The difference between progress and I'm, I i do not know, just being unfulfilled, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, here's a question that I have for you then, because I'm one of those people. I don't compete with other people very often. I am yeah. mostly competing against myself to make sure I'm always better than myself. Just like Emily said, um, and so I think I just lost it, mm-hmm. lost the train of thought. No, no, no. Um, how? Because when you when you aren't, I don't know if competitive is the word to use. Like you said, self motivation. When you're, when you're not like, how can I better myself constantly, or maybe not even constantly, if you're not like that sometimes, then and you're always just like, I'm okay exactly as I am, then how do you ever progress as a person or progress as a people?
1: By that drive for excellence. So I've spent many years uh, in martial arts, um, Chinese martial arts, usually called Kung Fu. And... The interesting thing about Kung Fu is that it's not actually a fighting art. It's, an, it's a self-actualization art. Kung Fu, literally translated, just means hard work over time. It just means you are coming here to learn skills that you can master. And I'm sure you feel that with, with uh, as, an inst- uh, as a musician. You hear something and go oh wow i really want to play that lick right so you work you practice you go oh, i if it's a guitar you get all the fingerings down and you add your flair to it that's kung fu it's not about getting the skills necessary to, to to fight but the interesting thing about those skills is that they're very hard and so, and there's like a there's a a, a a a proof of excellence, you might say, within them, and that's what even we're going back to football. But there's a proof of excellence within these these systems that is appealing to us. So for yourself, if you uh, you know you have this self-competitive um, urge uh it's it's actually a you're just setting higher like steps of proof of excellence mm. a, and i don't think that's bad that's progress that's just self-progress and self actualization and it's i mean I, I mean everything can be destructive right everything can be uh turned into a something that degrades one's life experience Uh, We've all seen the the obsessive weightlifters who are, for instance, only who never go on leg day. I think there's a funny meme where the guy has little skinny (laughs) legs. And
0: he's like totally jacked on the top. Yeah, Yeah, I've seen seen that before.
2: Hikers are the opposite.
0: Yeah, they're (laughs) totally jacked legs and like never (laughs) (laughs) bow iron at all.
1: (laughs) Dude, you've been skipping Tuesday or whatever. (laughs) So that's. There's always a place for imbalance, but if you're working, for instance, if you're playing Missions in Madness with a group, there's going to be a natural balance. Um, somebody's going to be really good at navigation, and somebody's going to be, you know, there's going to be the big guy who can carry somebody, and there's going to be the the somebody else who's very observant and remembers all the, the situational awareness questions. I've seen it. And so... <laughs> Everyone he has points individual to me values. that would be you yeah. I guess so. and everybody on the team would go oh that's so I'm so glad Emily's here because she saved us from doing all those burpees
2: <laughs>
1: because that that's how the game is designed to to value everyone's skills in, equally instead of uh, you know un, unbalanced
0: Right, where, instead of letting you know, Only those,
1: tall guys play yeah. basketball, and only big guys play football. That kind of thing.
0: Right, when you get those like hyper-independent people playing that, they're not going to have a good experience with it because they need other people's skills. Yes. I mean, unless somehow they're good at everything, but I imagine it, the game is designed that you can't, yeah. you can't do some of it on your
1: own. Right. Right. You can't. You you, you must rely on everybody. Okay. And and it's surprising. You would think that those sort of independent uh, people would be very frustrated, but they. I mean, maybe they don't enjoy it as much as 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 they could, but it's not something that's going to solve the problems overnight. You You would work at it. And if they were interested in developing those skills and that resilience, and they would play over and over, and they would they would have... Uh, the whole thing is to have the opportunity to have that experience, which, you know, you, you don't get it. You don't get it at Thanksgiving dinner with your family. You don't get it playing volleyball. You don't get it driving. Driving is like the most competitive, stressed-out thing I've ever experienced these days.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, I can think of one example where... Ooh where this is applied. Um, But then I have like a kind of a negative side of it too at the same time. So like, I don't know if everybody here has done an escape room before. But there's definitely, you come together with complete strangers, mind you, yeah. <laughs> to escape a room with different puzzles and stuff. And and usually you see this in play. Somebody has this one particular skill, so they start working on it, whether it's the puzzle or, or searching or whatever it is. Right. But the negative thing about it is I've been in an escape room before with where like almost everybody was there because, man, they love escape rooms and they want to do it. And then yeah. you have one or two people who were just drugged there by their family or friend, and they aren't into it at all, and they don't help whatsoever. And like maybe yeah. if you had one extra person, you could have figured out the puzzle. So I don't know how you would combat something like that. Maybe that's because an escape room doesn't have that kind of that work that everybody has to do at the end if you fail. So maybe they're just not thinking about, well, this is no big deal. It's just an escape room. Who cares? Right.
0: Because they're going to do the work and get me out of here. So I don't have to actually do anything. Yeah. So maybe
2: that's, maybe that's answering my own question, but
1: we call that there's, there's two kinds of sort of outliers uh, that don't participate. And that's the blue Falcon and the gray mouse that, that I've identified during Omissions uh, and Madness, uh, during my career. The gray mouse hangs back and just like you're describing, lets everybody else do that, uh, do all the work. And they might not even do the burpees, but you can't fix everybody. And they, the opposite is the blue falcon. And that's the person who, who, i mean similarly doesn't engage but does it in a different way and saying, oh this is this is all too this is i can do a i can do a 100 burpees i don't you know two burpees is not even a threat to me so mm-hmm. you you yes it, the, sometimes there's no answer to the people who don't want to get involved and who don't want to be part of it but again not everybody plays football and not everybody play sports and not everybody paints paintings. I'm not suggesting that Missions and Madness can satisfy uh, all the needs, but it it needs to be offered um, in this way so that the people who do want to exercise their uh, cooperative and collabor- collaborative uh, skills have a place to do it in that's 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 well designed so that it really does just like just like pumping iron it exercises that muscle that is not exercised in day-to-day life or by society
2: yeah
0: i like what i'm hearing
2: yeah yeah um so Go ahead. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) I just wanted to know if you had anything. Um, Did you have something else you brought, or was that kind of welded in with all of that that we've talked about so far? Another topic. Uh,
1: The only other point that I wanted to make, and that Missions of Madness and that has changed my life, is to engage your difficult. Really, don't be afraid of what's difficult. Don't be afraid of what might... um, be able to express your excellence. Um, the way I describe it sometimes is that during a Go Rock Challenge, it was raining, it was cold, it was it was objectively miserable, and people were leaving, and it was dark, and the cadre tells us to do more push-ups. Absolutely, objectively horrible, but In that, and at that moment, I realized this is, this is like, this is my happy place. This is as happy, as happy as I could be, because I'm pushing my boundaries and pushing the envelope of my own emotions and my own physicality and my own mental fortitude. And, and I think really that's the expression of, of being human, to Seek and engage your difficult. And that's, it, it, we, we sort of play around the edges of that with, with competitive games. But really, say you're, as an, uh, a musician, your difficult is just perfecting that, that, that new song, you know, pushing yourself in that direction. And, and by engaging that, difficult then you progress and you it's it's really a it's it's not a contest but it's a it's a struggle between you and something that's really hard to to attain or to to get through and it's not the same as facing your fears or you know vanquishing your demons i mean everybody's got their own emotional and mental and and physical stuff and everybody's Difficult. I mean, I'm defining difficult as something that is attainable, but in in, in a direction that you want to go and just I just hope that 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 people can find their excellence through that means rather than um, comparing themselves with the performance of other people, because everyone's different. Everyone's got their own handicaps and demons and and burdens that you can't ever assess. So it's it's really impractical and really unjust to compete against your fellow human beings.
2: Mhm. To build off of what you said, I feel like more people I always push people in the direction of go do something and it's going to sound weird when I say it, but go do something that's going to make you suffer. Because yeah. I feel like it's, like, it helps you so much, like, like you said, with music, you know, trying to hit whatever goal you're trying to hit for yourself. And then when you finally yeah. do, like, the payoff is so good. But specifically for me, hiking, right now in Minnesota, it's cold and wintertime. You go out and yeah. you hike all day in the cold, and you come back home, and, and you, you've hiked however many miles you hiked that day, and you get to come inside to your warm house and <laughs> eat warm food. Like, there's no gr- – it doesn't – you never felt like a warm shower like after hiking or being cold all day, and it just makes what you better. have more rewarding and i I get frustrated because I have a girl on my Facebook who it feels like she puts Facebook statuses just to it's like it's like being competitive to be the most negative person possible because oh. <laughs> then she'll she'll say like all this snow in Minnesota how are you supposed to get home from your job or whatever? Because the roads are icy and snowy. And like, yeah. and then people will offer all these solutions if she doesn't want to drive, if she's afraid to drive. All these solutions, and she'll just be like, I can't do any of those. Yeah. It's like, are you competing to be the most negative person alive? Like, <laughs>
1: uh, she, she has a, a, a deficit in her heart that she is trying to fill. And then we just have to... You know, appreciate that. That's that's her her journey.
2: Gosh, he's so much more nice than I am. Or understanding, oh, oh, I guess yeah. would be the and, word.
0: <laughs> and even this, like the way the way Taylor just said this, like is a very nice version of the things he normally says. <laughs> when he like he'll come across the post and be like, Emily, you gotta hear this one. Like, oh my gosh. I, I, don't, um, I don't I
2: don't I don't like have any I... <laughs> disdain or like hate for anybody in my heart. Mm-hmm. But like when I see something really dumb on Facebook, I'm like
1: Come on. Yeah. <laughs> You're free to be annoyed. I mean the world is annoying, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. But getting back to your doing hard stuff, uh you no know, suffering. Uh going toward doing suffering things so that you can feel the rewards of coming back home in your nice warm home. I I agree that that the comparison and contrast of of those two things Makes life more um, more uh, uh, colorful, you might say, or more you know enjoyable, if you're just living a monotonous uh, uh, life, and that's what people complain about, right? Oh, I go to the office every day and uh, and, and that's what they're experiencing. There's no contrast.
2: Yeah, it, it can happen too, without even you don't even have to seek it out sometimes. Like you can get life can happen and just put you in the darkest place you've ever been and like the most negative. Yep. And yep. E- e- if you put yourself in the right mind, then you can come out of that and then be living the best life you've ever lived because you know what it's like at its worst. So
1: that's, like, and we need yeah. practice doing that. We need practice in a safe environment doing that. And that's exactly what missions madness says. It presents a, 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 an obstacle. Oh, we have to make it to the train station in 10 minutes, but then we roll and it cuts our time hack in half. Oh, now we have to make it in five minutes. That's impossible. Then we get together and we do it. So that's the that's that's a surrogate for life saying, Mm -hmm. you know, no, this is going to suck today instead. But you make it through and then you are victorious at the end. And that's a it's it's a it's it's an opportunity to flex those muscles instead of just giving up and saying, Oh, today sucks. I don't have the tools to deal with it. But if, if you're gradually taught to those skills, then you will be able to make it through. And I don't think uh, normally, so that's, that's what military training really does is it pushes you pushes, pushes, pushes you to your to the very end and then shows you and proves to you and gives you the proof that you can make it through and it does it in you know very extreme ways where emissions and madness does it gradually so it's you can you learn the lessons slower but you survive and it's fun instead of being horrible
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that it sounds like an incredible idea. You, you said it's
0: yeah. I would I would play this.
2: You said it's set to come out quarter one next year.
1: Hopefully, I'm working hard Hopefully. toward that goal. In the meantime, you can go to the website and check out some of the videos and and join the YouTube channel and the Facebook group and the, the mailing list. And uh,
2: I will link it below yeah, for hey. anybody who wants to check it out. Yeah. And. Uh, do you have any final words you'd like to say?
1: Just, um, you've been a great guest, and I appreciate you letting <laughs> me talk about uh, my uh, my passion. And, uh, and I think we can we can heal the wounds that are that are causing so much grief uh, by working together and. Um, we just need practice.
2: Okay. Uh, anywhere you'd like people to follow you at besides the following the website?
1: Oh, I have an Instagram too uh, at Machines and Madness.
2: Perfect. Emily, you have any closing thoughts?
0: Um, I know I haven't like said a whole lot, which our regular listeners understand that I just I don't have a lot to say because if I if I don't have anything to say, I don't talk. Um, but. I have really enjoyed listening to you. Oh. You you have some points here that like pull at my heartstrings. Like I can very much relate to a lot of stuff you're saying here just because like I don't know, like how Taylor was saying like in real life situations. Yes. I've absolutely been through this and like Ben had to been like presented with different struggles and and then overcome things maybe that's why i could answer your questions at the beginning
1: you've got it right <laughs> on the nose and and what i've observed not to not to pigeonhole it at all but this is a more feminine approach to to problem solving than uh, traditional masculine approaches you know we Hammer is definitely a masculine approach to solving problems, but it it breaks things. And yes, yes, it get, can
0: be damaging to other
1: people. To other people and to society. Mm-hmm. Uh, society can't keep on using only hammers. We need to, we need experience patching our wounds in other ways.
0: Right. Um, I think it's interesting, like, you use the metaphor of, like, using a hammer. Um if you were raised to only know how to use that hammer and then say you're like maybe in your teens or like even in your adult life, you find all of these other tools in the toolbox and then learn how to use them, you will look back at the hammer like, what in the world <laughs> were my parents thinking? There's so much better ways to figure things out.
1: Um. Yep, and it starts. It really does start with parents.
0: Yep, uh, absolutely.
1: Because we construct the the view of our children's view of society and what's right and wrong, and it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a tremendous burden that I think is uh, under uh, underutilized or under under not understood well enough. The importance of mm-hmm. setting that perspective. From early
0: age. Yes, from from very early age. And I think that now my, my perspective of that is much different. Damn. Like having a child of our own, thinking about the ways that I was parented, and like yeah. it, it's easier to pick apart like, oh, my parents did this and that and this and that wrong, but then looking at like, oh, okay, now I understand why they did it, but yeah. also like there are these other options like i could do this in a different way to create a different outlook for my child
1: yeah you have to have that perspective you have to have that that the ability and those skills to step back and go wait this 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 is a really important decision i'm making Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: it might seem second yeah it might seem like something so small but it's going to impact them for a very long time
2: Well, Morgan, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I feel like this episode, a lot of people are going to be able to take a lot away from it, and you are really insightful about a lot of things. So thank you so much.
1: Thank yeah. you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and, and you guys are great. And,
2: uh, wow, thank you. High honors.
1: No, I, I like the format. And I think it's <laughs> super fun, and I, I hope it didn't sound like a commercial. I, I just I, I have a lot of... A lot of... It, 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 it incorporates a lot of, you know, what's very important to me. And so it always comes back to that. But yeah.
2: Yeah. Thanks
0: a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't sound like a commercial, by the way. Okay. No. Yeah, no, you didn't.
2: No, you definitely didn't. <laughs> no, it's a good time. But we, also, if you did, I would understand because that's what a social platform is for. So. It's
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, I think it's for just talking. I feel like a lot of,
2: there's a, there's a, a few people I've gotten on here who are like, who just want some promotion. But, like, also, we're not that big, so I don't know what kind of promotion they're thinking they're going to get, really, to be honest.
0: Right. We're pretty much just having a good time. You
2: could claim, yeah, it could be a commercial all at once, but you're not going to get that many viewers <laughs> in your commercial. So it's not... <laughs> so I hope you were here for the good time and not
1: oh, just, just for so that. Oh, I'm so excited about it. That I, and I just love talking about it so much. That, that's why I'm here.
2: That's good.
0: Well, good. That's what we're here for. Good.
2: Yeah. We also, do, we also do this format because... uh Oh, to torture ourselves, I think. Um <laughs> Zero preparation and I don't know what the topics are before we start. It makes it entirely more challenging to actually <laughs> keep the conversation going.
1: It makes it spontaneous though. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: We need a little bit of that.
2: I thought too little many too many podcasts that, are too too many podcasts are too structured. And the ones <laughs> that aren't structured are like it's like Joe Rogan mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Joe Rogan just talks about the same four topics over and over again no matter who's on. So it's like Come on, man. So that's why I like the idea of whoever comes on, they tell me what to talk about. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps it up. Thanks for coming All on. All right. Thank you. Yep. Uh,
0: thanks. It was I... nice talking.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode. If you would like to be on an episode, you can email youarethehostpod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Also, if you'd like to stay updated, make sure you hit subscribe. Thanks again for listening to this episode. Again, my name is Jake.
0: We'll see you next time. Bye.